Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now each one of us need to be reminded that it's not all about me. It's not all about my career, my success. It's not all about my future, my dreams, or my desires. In fact, it's thinking that it's all about me. That's the very heart of sin. Even in the Garden of Eden, the devil tried to trick both Adam and Eve individually into thinking, it's all about me. He said to them, he said to Eve, when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So Eve looked at the forbidden fruit and she saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes that the tree was desired to make one wise. And she took of its fruit and ate. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her all along, and he ate. You see, the temptation, it was to be like God. They wanted to pretend, it's all about me. It's not about him. It's not about them. It's about me. Adam, he wasn't thinking of defending Eve in the garden. He wanted to use her, his own wife, as his guinea pig. You see, they were told that in the hour they ate of the fruit, death would, uh, would happen to them. And he didn't know what death was. So he thought, well, if she eats of it, and she doesn't die, then I'll go ahead and eat some of it. He was using her. Why? Because Adam wanted to be like God himself. Adam's actions, or his lack of actions, said these words. It's not about you. It's about me. And these actions said the exact same thing. And by their actions, sin and death were introduced into a perfect world. We receive the ashes upon our foreheads, and it's really a sad thing. Death, you know, ashes, dust we are, and to dust we shall return. That's talking about our death. And if any of you have ever lost someone, you know that this is sad. This is not the way it was meant to be. It hurts. And yet these simple actions, thinking it's all about me, introduced all that hurt that we experience. Today we hear advertisements on television, lyrics in our earbuds, philosophies sounding out in the media, as well as the classic evil foes, the devil, the world, and our own sinful natures. And they are all echoing the same myth that Adam and Eve fell for in the garden. Each one of us are tempted to think 
It's all about me. And then we act on that impulse, that philosophy of life, and we hurt other people because, well, I had to better my own future. Here are a few extreme examples to make a point. A boyfriend will try to get his pregnant girlfriend to have an abortion because he doesn't want to ruin his future. A person will whisper rumors not about another person, not knowing if they're true or not, because they want other people to listen to them. A person will cheat in a class or fudge on a resume because I need to pass this class. I need to get this job. People use others through pornography and sex. The person selling the pornography says, I need the money. The person using it says, I need release. And in all of these examples and more, people are using or abusing each other because they're thinking, it's not about you. It's all about me. And unfortunately, we all think this way. I think this way in my own sinful nature. And to be honest, if if we're honest with ourselves, you think this way too. And when we think this way, just as Adam and Eve did, we hurt other people. Their sin, Adam and Eve's, it seems so innocent. All they did was eat of some fruit from a tree that they weren't supposed to. But no sin is innocent. And because of their eating, we all suffer. And we may think that our sin really doesn't hurt anybody else, but it does. And oftentimes, most of the time, it hurts those who are closest to us. Lent, it reminds us it's not all about me. We are not like God and we are not our own gods. And other people are not put here for us to use to fulfill our own destinies or desires. Our Old Testament lesson, it bids us to turn from our thoughts and sins that say it's all about me and to return to our merciful God. We hear, yet we hear in the reading, yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts, not your garments. And the prophet Joel himself echoed God's call, saying, return to the Lord our God. He is gracious. He is merciful. He is slow to anger, and he is abounding in steadfast love. When I think of the word abounding, I think of waves breaking up on the shore in powerful ways. And look at the 
what is abounding here. It's God's love. Up onto the shore, into the threshold of our lives. When we act like it's all about me, we're turning our back on our God who longs to give us good things. You see, for him, the one true God, he has never acted like it was all about him. He always acts with our best interest in mind. He did not want Adam and Eve or you and I to to die. So he sets up parameters for us. We know those parameters by the Ten Commandments. And he does not give us these commandments to ruin our fun or to make us feel bad. He gives us these commandments like I tell my son not to touch the hot stove. I love him. I don't want him to get hurt. God does not want us to get hurt either. As we read on Sunday, love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Love is about the other, not about the self. And that is the way that God is for you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, not die, but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't come to make you feel worse than you do. He came because you need saving. God's actions say, it's not all about me. In fact, I'm all about you. Just as he provided for Adam and Eve in the garden before and after the fall, he took care of them even after they sinned. He takes care of us too. He, and he gives us his son. He did that before you even took your first breath. Jesus paid for your first sin. Why? He loves you. Not only has he sent his son, he continues to send him through the word proclaimed by pastors and his children, such as yourselves. Chances are the first person to tell you about Jesus was not your pastor. Chances are it was somebody in your home. Maybe not, but chances are you heard it from somebody who loved you enough to share the word that saved them. St. Paul is a prime example. This guy, through his own religiosity, was thinking it's all about me. In fact, he killed Christians because they were saying that somebody did not, could not complete the law on their own. They needed saving. Paul, thinking that this is heresy, went out to kill Christians. But now, after being saved, he says this, 
We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I want to, I'm going to cut it, cut it shorter, but I, I want you to know that even religion, even religion can be a way of saying that it's all about me. Like Jesus gave the examples in the, in the scriptures. If you're, if you're fasting and letting everybody know that you're fasting, why? Because you want people's attention. Another example that's all about me. Or if we're judging others who aren't doing what we're doing or aren't as strong as Christians as we are. Again, we're lifting ourselves up and putting others down. You see what I'm saying? So if you choose to fast this, this Lent, if you fast or give to the poor during Lent, keep it between you and God. The purpose of these things is not to be recognized by people or to prove something to God. It's to recognize your need for God. Let's say if you give up if you drink coffee all the time and you give up coffee for Lent and you start getting that caffeine headache and you think, I need a cup of coffee now. Thinking this, it reminds you, this feeling of need, of want, it reminds your body how much more you need Christ. Does that make sense? That's what it's all about. So if you decide to do that during Lent, let it be something between you and him where you recognize your great need and he fulfills it in Jesus. It is no longer, it's all about me. It's now, it's all about Christ for us and us for others. Or Christ for me, and me for you. So when I'm fast, I'm going without to recognize my need for him. And when I give, it's because I'm overwhelmed with thankfulness for what Jesus has done for me. My fasting and my giving, they're all centered in him. So this Ash Wednesday, we recognize that we are dust and to dust we shall return. We recognize that we are not gods, but rather we are people in need of God's love for us. We need Jesus more than we need food, television, caffeine, or anything else that has become essential in our lives. And the Lord, who is gracious and merciful to us, and has bled and died for us, he says one more time, I love and will always love you. And in our need, he says, take and eat and drink. This is me for you. 
He says, I forgive you all your sins. All he is and all he does says, I love you. Christ for us, us for others. Christ for me and me for you. And now the peace that surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.